Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of In Slow Motion. Um, so today, I do want to warn everybody that this is like a mature kind of rated movie. Uh, it definitely touches on some pretty disturbing things. So if you can't handle that well, or if you're a younger audience, um, proceed with caution or of course get permission from parents. Um, but yeah, today we're going to be talking about The Girl in the Basement, which is actually based off of um, true events. So this is a pretty tragic, horrific, and disturbing story about Elizabeth Fritzel, I think, I believe that's how you say it, who was locked in her basement at the age of 18. And I believe it was for about 24 or 25 years. She was raped hundreds of times by her dad and gave birth to seven kids, I think. Yeah, it was seven kids. She lost one of them in birth. Um, but the fact that six of them survived and she was had no medical help at all is truly amazing. So her story is definitely a tragic one. For sure. So again, if you can't stomach this, uh, just proceed with caution. Um, so the movie was made in... So I was looking this up and it said 2021, but that doesn't make any sense because I watched this before. So it's saying... I looked it up again just to be sure and it's saying 2021, which is so weird. I really thought it came out beforehand. I don't know if I'm getting this information right, but that's what it's saying. So came out this year and they did heavily base the movie off of Elizabeth, but it was, they did change the story in some ways. For one, um, it took place in America. Elizabeth's story did not take place in America. Uh, at first I'm going to kind of explain the, the movie cause that's, you know, what we're here to talk about. And then I'll kind of explain a little bit of the true story. Uh, I did a little bit of research and explained to you guys what really did happen to Elizabeth. As of today, I don't think she's come back into the public light. She has kind of stayed hidden. They did like a quick little video of interviewing the dad in prison. Of course, he's been sentenced for life. So um, he's kind of come to the light, I guess. But he's also, you can clearly see that he is mentally not there because he doesn't, it just doesn't seem like he really regrets what he did. And that's like the scariest part is if you're not realizing you're wrong, especially such as one as this. So that's kind of disturbing to think about. But yeah, so the movie, they did heavily base it off, but they definitely did change some aspects to the movie. Besides the storyline itself um, and how heavy it was and, you know, horrific it was learning about this. And because I watched this first and later on learning that it was an actual true story is even like scarier. But the actors themselves did a great job stepping into the shoes of these people. Again, the story, the movie didn't follow, you know, the actual story to the T, but still stepping into this role, knowing that somebody actually did go through this. I was wondering what like the mindset of the actors were, because I'm sure it's not a pretty one, you know, it just kind of having to be in that. I wonder if there's just like, is it more silent on set having to film this kind of things? You know, you're probably not joking around as much as you see other actors doing behind the scenes on other movies, just because again, you're reenacting a true story in this sense. Um, and it's a heavy one at that. And I know other people go through this, but putting yourself in that mindset and having to kind of create this, recreate the story for us to see is, it's not an easy job, I'm sure. So props to them. They did a really good job. And we'll get into exactly who were the main like actors and actresses. 
So this director, again, I haven't really personally seen a ton of her stuff. It's by Elizabeth Ron. She directed this. She's done some Law and Order, and she also directed the Mermaid movie Scales, but that's all that I recognized. So, you know, this was well done in terms, I know they, again, they changed the story around, but it seemed to follow the main events pretty well. So uh, props to her. They did a great job at that. And then in terms of actors and actresses, I, you know, a lot of the time you are around Sarah herself so you know Elizabeth Fritzl is the real girl who this happened to but Sarah is the name of the actress in the movie or the character that we're following in the movie so we are around her a lot and the kids that she does give birth to I think there's kind of like three stages of kids that we see so it's a pretty small tight-knit group I feel like um so Stephanie Scott played Sarah and I knew she looked familiar and I was looking it up and it looked like she was in some other Disney movies and I always find it interesting how Disney stars, you see a lot of Disney stars take, after they kind of like leave that Disney scene, you see them take on these really like heavy, sometimes dark roles or these roles that they are recreating of somebody, you know, experiencing something pretty heavy actually. And I find it very interesting. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes at Disney, but it's, and you know, it could be something like they just want to, they just want to change. They want something a little bit more dramatic, obviously a little bit more grown up because they're used to doing these little kids shows. But I don't know. I just feel like they really do just step into it really hard. And, or maybe it's just weird for us as viewers because we're seeing them go from Disney things to adult things. So it looks like a dramatic change, but I don't know. I just thought that's, that's always interesting to see. I don't know if like, does Disney do something to make these people want to go, like, hardcore the opposite direction? But uh, Sarah, yeah, so Stephanie Scott played her, and then June Nelson played Don, the dad, who locked her up. Jolie, I believe that's how you say, Fisher played the mom, and Emily Topper played her sister. Uh, and then, of course, there's, you know, many more people who played the kids and stuff who all did a great job as well portraying these situations. So, again, as always, if you like that kind of thing, make sure to go check them out and look them up. So from the beginning, we get introduced to this family unit. Clearly, they aren't close, and it's far from being anything that would look like a perfect marriage in terms of the parents. We learn that Sarah will be turning 18, and her dream is to pretty much leave the house and travel the world. Um, but her dad, on the other hand, he already didn't like the fact that her older sister had pretty much left the family. I think she was in college, and she she didn't really visit it often, it seems like. She doesn't really clearly like that environment, and it doesn't seem like anybody would. Um, so hearing that his youngest daughter wanted to leave the house to him, in his eyes, it was just her wanting to be rebellious, and he did not take that well at all. Once he, he overheard Sarah talking to her mom about where she wanted to go and how much she wanted to leave, that's pretty much what I think kind of set those plans in, motions, in motion for him to do what he did. Prior to this, Sarah and her dad had gotten into an argument about a party that she actually wanted to go to, and he kind of saw her leave. He didn't really say anything. I think he's, he was kind of just watching her, and of course, a boy was involved as well. So, you know, she ended up sneaking out of the house. Her dad did catch her. She did get in trouble and that's what proceeded to having that conversation because she was upset and she was sitting in her bed with her mom and sister and that's when the dad overheard her talking about traveling so that really I mean he was already on edge he was already angry at her because she was getting upset that she wouldn't let he wouldn't let her leave um Don wouldn't let Sarah leave so you know she obviously stormed off and that already upset him so hearing that I think kind of pushed him, pushed him over the edge you know he knew that graduation was coming up and she was serious about leaving with this boy that she claimed she loved, 
He was kind of like, yeah, no, I have other plans for you. At this point, you can clearly see that the dad, he can get physical and he gets loud and angry and the mom is kind of submissive to it and she doesn't really say anything. But you can, you can see that what we're seeing on screen isn't the first time that this has happened within their family. Clearly, it's why the older sister doesn't come back very often because there's this heavy tension between them two. So we'll get into more of it later of like why I'm curious to why it took so long to people for people to figure out that the dad had something to do with it. So fast forward to Sarah's graduation. The dad had seemed to lighten up slightly. I can't remember if it was the day of her party, if she had like a graduation party or if it was the day of her graduation itself. But he had asked her to help him with something um, in the basement or bring something to the base the basement. So in the movie, he tells her when they're going downstairs, he pretty much like opens up this entire wall and he tells her that, and she's like, oh wow, like what is this place? They go through a door that has uh, some code, a key on it. And then they go through another door and it opens up into this bunker type area. And she's like, well, what is this whole place? And he's like, the previous owners had some kind of like underground bunker, but he made some upgrades to it. Again, remember that there is double doors and even the door, the last one to get into the area is soundproof already. So not only do both doors have locks with some type of code on it that later on he tells her that he changes the code every day. So there's no way that she could figure out the combination. There's two doors to get in there and it's soundproof. So nobody would know she's down there and it's behind some wall. And not only that, but the dad has keys to the basement and, he, and he's the only one who goes down there. So already it's it's like just set up for success for a bad situation like this. I don't know what they think the dad does down there, but keeping the basement locked for however long he did up to this point and years after, because again, she was trapped for like 20 plus years. To me, that would seem very suspicious. To anybody, I feel like that would be pretty suspicious for really nobody at any point in time to really like see that like this guy spends a lot of time down there or he's constantly going down there. He's very serious about keeping it locked. He's very protective of his keys. That's just one of those hints to me that kind of throws up a red flag. Okay, like what are you really doing down there? And you can see that Sarah and her dad never had a good relationship. She even told her sister that she thinks their dad is crazy and that the mob is, is submissive to him. And anyone at that point probably just thought it was a teen being a teen besides, you know, anyone outside her family, I would say, if anybody overheard Sarah. Like, I think her sister really did know the situation and the mom did too, even though she probably wouldn't admit it. But if she thought the dad was crazy, I feel like at some point that should have been brought up and like thrown a red flag up to somebody. But I get like the shock still Sarah had on her face because... You know, all these years, 18 years of her life, he had kept her fed, clothed, and gave her a place to sleep every night. So even though you might hate this person deep down or you think, like, they're crazy, they've for them to never do something like this, it would really, like, shock you. And the horror on her face that, you know, realizing her dad had locked her down there and that nobody could hear her, I think it just really, it really shocked her. But I, I feel like at first it did not really sink in because she more had like an attitude like, okay, well, this is his punishment, but I'm going to get out soon. Um, but, you know, the dad played it off as if she ran away because the sister and the mom both knew she wanted to travel with her boyfriend. And I don't think they knew that he had overheard them. 
So he played it off as if she ran away. Um, but to them, they, you know, they couldn't believe it because she had agreed to at least tell them when she would leave or keep updates and tell them when they left. So, and you know, her relationship with her mom wasn't perfect just because again, her mom was submissive. She didn't really protect her kids like she should have. But I know like mostly her sister, she was close with and the sister was kind of in shock because she knows that her, her younger sister, Sarah would contact her. The dad's reason, Don's reason behind the whole thing was that Sarah decided to be disrespectful to him. And everybody's actions has consequences. So this was her consequence. And at the end of the day, the fact that it really happened, again, is just like the sickening part. And I know there are other stories like this, but it's just really sad to see like this is how his thought process was. Again, I don't know the dad's thought process in real life, like why exactly he did what he did. I do believe he was more abusive to her throughout her childhood. So it was something that she was like physically, I think, used to. I don't know if he necessarily raped her earlier on or until he locked her in the basement, but just seeing this happen and that be the dad's reason in the movie that, you know, oh, you disrespected me, so I'm gonna lock you up for years and abuse you is just, it's really sad for her to have to experience that. So fast forward uh, a little bit. I think at this point, Sarah knows that she's not getting out unless somebody comes for her like she knows her dad's gonna keep her down here and I think her first realization of that in the movie was when he raped her for the first time like she I think that's when she truly knew like wow this man is a monster like this isn't my dad he's a monster uh he I think he did it multiple times to her before she had her first kid and of course many times after that uh but of course she was more lenient and submissive to him and she didn't fight him as much because he would either hit her or after her first kid um i'm sure he would threaten them as well so she wanted to protect them and at some point the boyfriend did stop by the house um when sarah was kind of like first locked up and the dad played it you know he kind of acted like oh i didn't know about you i thought she was with some guy named steve and you know he kind of promised that if anything ever happened like he would be the first to know so he was really good at making it seem like he really truly cared to the people around him, you know, comforting the mom when the police were there trying to figure out like why she would run away. And, and the mom was like, well, she would never really do this. She promised to let us know if she would ever go and travel. And the dad was like, well, she broke a lot of promises. So he really, he was really good at playing people and getting his way um, when it came to the story behind it. So in the movie, it time kind of skips and it starts to show us like how many years she was actually down there. Every time, you know, jump, we see that she has more in the basement. Like the dad pretty much was like, you listen, you're good, you'll get more. So eventually he rewards them with a table and some utensils and then a TV and a bed. And uh, she raises her daughter and then her son, who she also had um, not too long after I believe so they're pretty close in age down there and by her third child she pretty much begs her dad to take him upstairs tell the mom I sent him to you she can't pretty much she can't bear to have another kid raised in such an environment I mean it's dingy dark there are no windows at all of course because then somebody would be able to see them so you know I think I don't know what convinced him to do so but he does take them upstairs him upstairs and so now she's just raising her two kids downstairs and again in real life we'll get more into what happened but she had way more kids elizabeth had way more kids in real life but in the movie she just had three i can't remember i don't believe she had a miscarriage in the movie but i could be wrong because i'm drawing a blank on that uh part of it but yeah so they they he took one kid upstairs and now the kid's living with the grandparents 
He has a great life. He's way healthier because he's actually been, you know, outside and gotten sunlight and eaten decent food and exercise and, you know, it's eaten enough to grow decent bones and has had medicine and doctor appointments. Like he's a healthy kid living a decent life. And he doesn't know that beneath his feet, under his nose, is his real mom and his brother and sister. Now, I'm sure the dad was careful, but it seems like out of all the stuff that he brought down there, for someone at some point to see something or just kind of think how suspicious it was. But there were also times where people witnessed his anger, how serious he was, that nobody go downstairs. They saw that he could physically, like he physically grabbed his daughter's arm and would yank her in the beginning when she did something he didn't like. The wife knew his anger problems. So to me, like all of these hints would have been red flags from the moment she went missing. And I get like those kind of things can go over people's heads. But what also kind of bothers me the most is that the mom hired a private investigator and this comes up later on as an argument between the parents. She hired a private investigator to search after her daughter. So to me, somewhere within that, somewhere within the investigating, it seems like the first thing somebody would do is kind of start with the relationships that were in her life. Figure out like, did anybody that she knew already have a problem with her? Would anybody take her? And I feel like at some point, somebody, if they, they interviewed the daughters, somebody would mention the dad's anger problems and somebody may start to investigate him a little bit more. They may, you know, say, hey, we need to search the house. Like, why are you so protective of the basement? Like something of that sort. It seems like it would have come up. Um, and again, I know this is not how it happened in real life, but for that to happen in the movie, for, to, for there to be all these red flags and the way she ended up getting out, which we'll get to, which has nothing to do with all the red flags that were thrown. It just kind of frustrates me and it makes me sad that, you know, that actually could happen to somebody. Like we're just not paying attention to the, the warnings that are there. So we're gonna fast forward just a little bit more. Sarah's daughter's older. Um, I actually think she's about 18 or close to 18 now and she falls ill and throughout the whole movie, like she's had trouble, some health issues, trouble with breathing or asthma. Um, and somehow, somehow Sarah convinces Don to take her to the hospital because she like pretty much stopped breathing. And I don't know what convinced him to do so because I don't believe that he truly cared about any of them. So it's very like, I don't know if he just didn't want a life on his hands or to feel like there was a life on his hands, but they, he left the son in the basement kind of like as a threat that if you try to do anything, then I will pretty much kill your son or hurt him in some way. So he took her and Sarah to the hospital. Sarah got got the medical care she needed and Sarah was eventually able to slip for a second and she uh, got help from a nurse or a doctor. Eventually, once everything got situated, they got the son out of there. Sarah was able to, you know, meet her son for the first time and see her mom again. And I just couldn't imagine the horror going through these people's heads, knowing that this whole time, 20 plus years, they were under their feet the entire time. And not only would this be a shock to the kids living down there, like they literally have never seen the sun, never seen the sun. She grew up down in that basement 18 years of her life. 
and she didn't do anything. Something as simple as seeing the sun is absolutely crazy. And the life shock Sarah also probably went through with time, that time change. Things must have changed so much since she went, since she was locked down there. Um, but not only did they probably have just like this big, just shock coming back up to the surface, but the son who his whole life, like he's finding out his whole life was a lie and that his real blood family was suffering this whole time underneath his nose. I'm sure that's not easy to to take in. And he probably felt some type of guilt, honestly, um, with that. But eventually, you know, obviously they lock the dad up and they try their best to move on. And that's pretty much where the movie leaves us. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of struggle within, you know, like if the world of these characters continued within, you know, getting over these situations. But it's, I mean, it's just horrific to think about that somebody went through that. And for the kids to learn just before they left, Sarah admitted that her dad was their dad. And that's, for them, it's like, what the heck? Like, we thought this was just like your husband, he would just go to work and come back downstairs. And that's just how they lived. Um, so again, I'm sure there was like a lot of shock. It's just terrible that these kids had to go through that kind of thing. Uh, so now we're just kind of going to get into the original story of, of what really happened to Elizabeth Fritzl. So the original story, again, is about Elizabeth Fritzl, an Austrian woman. So this did not happen in America. Um, she didn't escape until 2008. And her dad was sentenced to prison for life in 2009. So this is a fairly recent thing. And she was held captive for 24 years, 24 years of her life. She was kidnapped at the age of 18. So that is just, it's crazy. Um, so just like the movie, the dad told her family that she had run away. Um, but she had, she had apparently also been abused, like I mentioned before, since like the double digits. So again, I guess this might not have been as much of a shock to Elizabeth because she did go through this before. She did give birth to six kids. They were all, three of them ended up living upstairs and the other three ended up being with her and then she lost one kid. So she had seven all together, all in the basement with no medical help. Absolutely crazy, but I'm very thankful that they, you know, ended up living. But yeah, so three of them lived upstairs and the other three lived downstairs. Uh, and the dad had told the mom he would like make her write notes and she he told the mom that she was sending them the kids because she couldn't care for them. So it only took when her daughter was 19 years old in real life, 19 years of her life. Again, they all spent their entire lives down here, down in the basement. It took for her to fall ill to, for them to have their first steps outside. And at first, Elizabeth convinced her dad to take her daughter. It was just the daughter. Elizabeth didn't go out. But people at the hospitals were like begging through the news. They were begging the mom to come forward because they needed medical information if they were going to save the daughter. So again, somehow, somehow, and her father's name is Joseph in real life. Somehow he was, he took her to the hospital and then people started to get suspicious. Like, why is this girl missing all of these key nutrients that she could have gotten from simply playing outside? Like what's going on? And they started to investigate. And I actually think that they went back to the basement for a minute and then they started to investigate a little bit more and they ended up finding, uncovering the truth. So that's pretty much like what happened in real life. It's really, really just, it's just crazy to think 24 years of her life, she was locked down there. And again, the world must have changed so much. Um, I know all the kids, you know, they had, but all, all kids had very much of a shock 
from the kids living upstairs realizing the truth and the kids living downstairs realizing wow we have three other siblings just living the life or like again them just being shocked at what life was really like they all had to go through a lot of therapy to get to where they are today i do believe that they're all living with their mom on a remote location that a lot of people don't know but they're under surveillance the I think the whole place is under surveillance, but she has chosen not to come back into the light. And I think I read somewhere where she has fallen in love again, but in real life, Elizabeth's dad raped her pretty much every day for 24 years. That's hundreds of times. That's absolutely crazy. So just that mental torment and abuse and rape she endured, like, and she was able to still walk out of it. And she in some way has, I guess you can, for better use of words or better use of term, have her like happy ending of just being able to live with her, all her kids, um, and to fall in love again is, um, it's really amazing to see her walk out of that on top of it. Um, but like I mentioned before, her dad did kind of come up and I didn't, I don't know what the video was really about. I couldn't really understand him. Again, this is in Austria. So there, so I don't really know like he had a pretty strong accent so I don't know what he said but you can just tell he was like oh yeah like I have my cell and you know there's a a few pictures and a toilet and whatever like he didn't I he just didn't seem kind of sorry so throughout the movie I really did enjoy seeing her love for the kids and how her son um got bigger as he got bigger he tried to protect her even though he like physically really wasn't able to at all um, he, he, he still felt that responsibility despite not really being out in the world and learning what it was to be a young man. You know, he ended up being, he was extremely small and seeing his brother upstairs, I think, and he's the older brother and seeing that, you know, his brother is bigger, well-built, uh, taller than him. I think that must have been a pretty big shock to him as well, like realizing, oh, he couldn't really step into the roles of what he quote unquote should have looked as a young man. But she really did just truly love her kids, took on that mom role. She educated them as best as she could. Um, and she truly did love them. And at the end, I really think that they uh, they saved her life. So that was, I love seeing her interaction with the kids and how that relationship developed um, between them. This was a great story to hear. Uh, it's always nice watching these things every once in a while, just to kind of put things back into perspective because as someone who loves the fictional world at the end of the day this is real life this is what a lot of people have been through types of situations like this um, and that's one thing why I again love film because it's able to reach a bigger audience and I would have never known about the story if I never if I didn't watch the movie I would have never decided to go look it up once I learned that oh this is based off of a true story I would have I never would have learned about her story um, and just kind of felt compelled to really just pay attention to things like this a little bit more and just like help in ways that you can. You know, you don't have to go and be the person to fix everybody's issues all at once or whatever, but just knowing and being aware that, you know, this is what people have been through. It not only it makes you aware and be able to stop those situations if you ever get put in that, but it just makes you more grateful for where you are at the time. So I always think it's important to just be aware of what other people um, have been through, what other people do go through, and just real life things. So I, th I think sometimes we just get trapped in our own little bubble and it's just, you know, happy-go-lucky all the time, but that's just, at the end of the day, it's not true. This is available on Amazon Prime if anybody wants to watch it. You do have to rent it though, and then it's also available on Vudu, but I don't have that, so I don't know if you have to rent it or anything, but you might have to have a subscription. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, our last one is 
next week, which is crazy, the last one of the season. This has been so much fun for me, um, and I'm so excited to work on round two for you guys. But again, I will be doing some stuff in between the months with other guests, so stay tuned for that. I will try to get a setup soon. Um, once I get situated and into a new place, I will hopefully have like a podcast set up so I can start doing videos and audio as well. So that's also something to look forward to. Then something else I actually want to do is kind of actor of the month, like pick an actor and kind of go through some of their best work, their kind of life story, how they got to where they were. I think that would be really fun. So if that's something you guys are interested in, let me know. I You guys are free to recommend stuff to me if you want to. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys again so much for listening. And next week, we're going to end on a happy note. I'm actually <laughs> excited about this one just because it was so stupid. But we'll get into that next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you uh, in the next episode. Bye, guys.